0: 303-477-2473 on the air since 1994 the garden wise guys have the answers to your questions about gardening in the high altitude desert of the colorado front range and now here are your hosts the garden
1: wise guys I sound like <laughs> chipmunks. <laughs> like chipmunks all right we're back on the air is that what the man said yeah all right we're back on the air uh Tallene, are you still there
2: here. Oh great. Oh, right. it,
1: like I said, I, it sounds like you're collecting them. Uh, there's two other ones out there I know of you, you might want to look for. One is variegated. Ooh. And there's another one at it's the the color of the plant is uh is a mahogany red. That's
3: called oh. it's called Raven.
1: Raven. Yeah. Is the name of it. Well,
4: I really like them. They seem to Except my house, which I think tends to be very dry, and they don't turn brown.
3: They're very durable plants. They're used a lot anymore in uh, commercial interior scapes, which tells you right there. They're tough. They're tough.
4: Mm-hmm. Well, I appreciate your information.
3: Well, thank you for calling this morning, Talline.
4: Sure. Have a good day.
1: You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Speaking of unusual plants, I saw on Facebook someone posted an anthurium mm-hmm with blue flowers no yes and I thought immediately photoshop yeah me too so I looked into a little bit more and no it's not photoshopped but it's another one of those dyed plants oh dyed plants. injected and dyed yes
3: I probably would have bought
1: it that's <laughs> just the kind of guy you are that's right <laughs> and crossed it with something else yeah exactly yeah, so if you're into blue anthuriums, you can get them. I don't know where who has them, and but don't expect them to stay blue forever. The next flower that comes up will probably be white. White.
3: That's the way the orchids are. You see a lot of those dyed phalaenopsis yeah. orchids at the grocery store and so forth, and when they rebloom, they'll be white.
1: Yep, but they don't dye the red phalaenopsis because that color comes out looking like mud. Does it really? <laughs> yes. Oh, you yes, ask blue and red together. It's like, ew, ew, yuck! I don't want that. No, no.
3: All right, we've got Willie on the line waiting to talk to us. Good morning, Willie. How are you?
5: Good morning. I am very well, thank you. Good. I nice to think- hear from you. <laughs> I was thinking your blue and red would be purple, wouldn't it?
3: <laughs> well, you would
1: think so. Yeah, uh, purple mud. Purple mud. Okay.
5: <laughs> okay. Um. <clears throat> I was calling because I've been, for the last five years, I have a begonia that overwinters in my garage, Mm -hmm. and I put it out when it's sunny, and I bring it back in when it's cloudy and cold and and keep it going, but usually, by this time of year, it has dropped its branches and its leaves, and it's gone dormant. Mm -hmm. Mine is still going strong this winter.
2: Okay,
1: (laughs) good.
5: Um. Is that harmful? Does it need to go dormant in order to protect the... No. If, if
1: it's a no, it does not. In its natural habitat, wherever that be, South America or South Africa, they're green year-round. Okay. Outside, of course.
5: Uh-huh. <laughs> and last week, you were also mentioning that you could divide the bulb.
3: Oh, I but don't it, recommend it. Okay. Yeah, that it's it's risky because you have to cut it. Mhm. And then that's a very yeah. easy place for rot and stuff to get going and you may lose all of it. Uh-huh. So, I I wouldn't recommend it.
5: Okay. Now what what nope. you
3: can do if you want to propagate it is you can take cuttings. And, and Now what to
5: them water vermiculite
3: I would probably go with either uh, a fine perlite like Jim usually does. Yeah. You could mm-hmm. go with a seed starting soil. Um, okay. I pretty much start everything in in just fresh potting soil. B- but I usually mix a little bit more perlite in with it for better drainage and more oxygen. But the time to do that, like on yours, yours is a tuberous begonia, right? It has a big tuber at the base.
5: Yes, Mm -hmm. So
3: what you're going to want to do, if it doesn't go dormant on its own, is probably sometime in, what do you think, March, Jim? She should cut it back down, clear back down to the tuber.
1: Yeah, I would. And it'll start re-sprouting probably pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then once those sprouts are five or
3: six inches long, you can take cuttings from them.
2: Why
5: wouldn't you take cuttings from the ones you're cutting off?
3: They're usually flowering stems. They've, they've been blooming, and they're, they're tough and woody and, and not, re- not real good for cutting material. Okay. You want that nice, okay. fresh growth. Unless the, unless the growth that you have on them right now has a lot of really nice, fresh, new growth at the ends with new leaves and so forth.
5: No. No. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Same thing. If I keep the geranium also, and it's got several plants in that pot not just geraniums <clears throat> it's got status that's overwintering right now and um i can't think of the name of the other one the, like a miniature petunia calabrocha.
2: uh-huh
5: um i've got three those three in one giant pot and um i was thinking about uh taking cuttings off of the geranium
2: absolutely
1: yes yeah. you could do that and you could probably do it with a calibrachoa as well
5: I mispronounced it.
1: No, that's close enough.
5: (laughs) We know what you meant. Yeah,
1: we know what you meant.
5: (laughs) Okay. Okay, I didn't know you could do that.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, you can do that with with petunias, too, a a, a pretty close cousin to Calibracoa.
3: That's pretty much how all of them are propagated anymore. Hardly any of them are grown from seed anymore.
5: And when do you recommend that for those particular plants?
3: Well, I think geraniums. I'd go ahead and get started probably sometime by the end of uh, end of February. Okay. The calibracoids—they'd be faster, wouldn't they, Jim?
1: They—they they should. If they're going to root, they'll—they'll uh, they'll grow pretty fast. So you could do that now if you want, and if it gets to be too big, you can cut it back or just take more cuttings. And when those get going, you can throw away the mother plant, okay, or, or just keep it.
5: Okay, that sounds good. Yeah, I I just hate seeing them die in the fall.
1: Oh, yeah.
5: uh, (laughs) I kind of feel like I should be saving these. Um, And I had some beautiful purple ones this year. And I wish I'd have taken a cutting off of them. I didn't know to do that. So I really appreciate your help. Thank you. you.
1: You're quite welcome. Uh Thanks for calling, Willie.
5: Have a good week. You too.
1: You could even go into a greenhouse and, and ask the owner if you could take some cuttings off. Good his. luck with that. <laughs> Kelly Bracoa. <laughs> tell them you'll pay for it.
3: The um I just remember it was she said she hates to see them die in the winter. When I was oh, I couldn't have been much more than ten years old. We had I had planted a bunch of flowers in the backyard. My parents were very accommodating about that. hmm And there's some ageratum and some marigolds, you know, the typical stuff that you start with. Mm -hmm. And it came to the end of the year, and I didn't like the idea of them dying. I put all that effort into them all summer long. So I dug them all up. I put them in pots just with the regular soil that came out of the garden. Took them down in the basement under an incandescent bulb. (laughs) (laughs) And they were sitting on the floor. And I expected them to live. And mom and dad just like, okay, yeah, do your thing, kid. Yeah, that's the way you learn.
1: It didn't work. I'm sure I did that too. (laughs) Sure, I did that, (laughs) and learned pretty quickly. That's boy, garden soil in a pot, not a good good match.
3: And and you know, eight feet below a a sixty watt incandescent (laughs) bulb isn't going to go anywhere either.
1: (laughs) No, not at all. (laughs) Oh dear, 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 dear. How we learn. And I'm still learning, thank goodness. Well, yeah, yeah. There's always more learning to do. I mean, who knew about the blue anthurium? I didn't know about that. And they're inventing, (laughs) that must be in in the way they're doing it, inventing new bedding plants. What? Yes. There's one out of South Africa. Now, I don't remember. It's it's named after a fellow, long last name to this, no, a long common name for it. And I can't remember the name of it now. But it's something I've never heard of before. And it's already in production. You can you can buy it you in, 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 in old, we used to call them seed flats, but now they're cutting flats I guess. Plug trays or something. Yeah. Well, you mentioned um, what was it, yes, like one, James Tonia
3: or something? Yes, that's one of
1: James Brittonia. James Yes. okay. Now you know that's a man's name. Oh yeah. Okay. But they named the entire plant after him. They wow. used the whole name.
3: Wow. Well, I wish they would start taking some of the material of mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Some of those Alpine Alstroemeria. Oh, man. And those are just, uh, they just knock your socks off. They're so gorgeous. And maybe breed some of the cold hardiness from that into the more tall varieties so that we can grow them here. There are a few varieties of Alstroemeria that are, and I'm using air quotes here, hardy here. Supposedly. Zone 5. I've been reluctant to try them. But I've heard people have had
1: luck, so I'm going to give it a shot. That's kind of a mushy plant to begin with. I mean, it's there's not much there. Right. It's very, very, very fleshy. But
3: it supposedly blooms all summer long. It just keeps sending up new shoots yeah. all the time. All right. well, you let me
1: know how that works out.
3: I will. I'm well, trying
1: to, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you let me know. And then the alpine ones, too. When you find seed of those, oh gosh. just let me know. <laughs> it's got to be available somewhere. You would think... I, uh, you would think a, an entrepreneur somewhere in Chile, in Patagonia, mm-hmm. would be collecting seed and making it and offering it well, to the world. You would, well,
3: all but I, I'm, I I'm sure their government has put restrictions on what can be exported without certain permissions. All the company, all the countries across the world have done that. They really locked it down.
1: Yeah, they really have. I, I'm thinking that, yes, you probably do need permission, but you need, probably need to get it only once. Mm hmm. And then you could collect anything you want and sell it through that permit.
3: Right. And then, then you could propagate your own yeah. from there on.
1: Yeah. I think uh, someone like that would make a killing. Because people, well, you people like you and me would be buying that stuff. No kidding. And, and killing it. <laughs> and all the rock garden people throughout the world would, would, mm-hmm. would really want that stuff.
3: Yeah. And probably, uh, there might be lists like that out there that we just don't know about. I, bet, I can ask Penny Odie. Maybe he
1: knows. Well, he does know of the rosulite violas that we've talked about in past weeks. Um, they said some people in California have succeeded in growing them. So they hmm. got the seed from somewhere. Yeah. I don't know. They went down there and put some seeds in their dirty socks and brought them yeah. home. I, I don't know. God don't knows know. I've never done that. No, <laughs> me either. <laughs> hey, our phone number here is <laughs>
3: seven three and if it's like any other week we get like 47 calls in the last
1: five minutes of the show so yeah so don't do that don't do that call, call now. now yeah you know i make a little list of what the celebration is for the, this day this saturday and there's there's always things that are being celebrated for instance this is national corn chip day mm-hmm. it's also national puzzle day and this one, we get back to plants, National Seed Swap Day. And my favorite, and they used to show a little picture along with the mm-hmm. with celebration, and it's National Carnation Day. Ooh. And the picture they showed was a marigold. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you could combine two of those, the corn chip
3: day and the puzzle day, into one day because you can just empty out a bag of corn chips and try to put all the
1: crumbs together as a puzzle no I, not me I, I like corn <laughs> chips I'd eat them all it's also National Curmudgeon Day ah. and uh, so if you're one of those this is your day how do you know it's also this one I find interesting it's, and there's also celebrations for weeks mm-hmm. and this is kiss a shark week
3: yeah probably not going to happen
1: not on my bucket list. Sorry.
3: I was just telling Jim earlier that uh, uh, I've got a gardenia in the basement under lights. And I've, I've tried gardenias over the years, and I always fail every single time. Otherwise, I'd still have them. But um, this one seems to be, uh, have adapted to the cooler
1: temperatures of
3: the basement and the bright light that I've got it under. And mm-hmm. it's just loaded with flower buds right now.
1: I think you should make an announcement to the to all your neighbors including me to come over when it starts blooming. Okay. We'll have a gardenia bloom fest. That sounds good. And we I can will bring uh, and then we could bring uh uh corn chips. All right. I'll have the card table out and, to make and a puzzle and, and adult beverages. There you go.
3: I <laughs> uh, I was telling Jim you know our our water out of the tap is fairly high pH. Yeah. And gardenias are one of those plants that likes an acid soil of down around five point five.
1: That's really acid. Acidity. F-
3: yes, and our water is at least eight, eight, eight or above. Eight point four. Okay. So, what I I have some stuff called pH down. Oh. That I have been mixing with the water, but I also need to feed the thing. So I think I'll just go and get some yeah. acid loving fertilizer.
1: Now, is, is, there, is there a table with your pH down that says if your pH is water, if pH is this high, use this much in, a say, a gallon?
3: There probably is. I just experimented until okay. I got to the pH I wanted.
1: Because you can probably do the same thing with vinegar. I don't like the smell. I don't either. I can't stand the smell of vinegar. Can, can you get sm- smellless vine- smell less
3: vinegar? I don't know. Maybe you can. <laughs> You can get odorless mineral spirits. I don't know why you couldn't get smellless vinegar. Yes,
1: you can. And that was handy. Boy, yeah. that's handy. Uh-huh. I can throw that stuff around now like crazy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> <the>, at <laughs> very periods in my life. I've used a lot of that stuff. Did you? Yeah. Yeah, mineral spirits. And I have a can of, get this, turpentine. Turpentine? I dare you to find that. Okay. That, that was the old-fashioned mineral spirits made That's from
3: yeah.
1: pine trees. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Very strong smell. Well, we've got some
3: colors on the yeah, line. Yeah, let's, so go, let's uh, go at them. Let's go take care of this, uh, starting with Bill out in Highlands Ranch. Good morning, Bill. Hey, good morning, guys. What's going on with you today?
0: Well, I don't know. I was just wondering. You know, I've listened to you guys for years and years and years, and I was just wondering if you guys have a dormant period.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, my leaves fall off about September 15th.
3: <laughs> I have a dormant period starting about 9 o'clock each evening. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's great. Uh, so, hey, my daughter gave me a, um, a cypress tree for Christmas. Macrocopia or whatever it is. I
1: uh, macrocarpa. Tree. Where yeah. in the world did she okay. get that?
0: I have no idea. She's, uh, they're out of uh, Bixby, Oklahoma. And I've got a little thing, the, stu- the thing calls, they, they're calling it a grump tree. Oh, yeah. and it had an ornament, ribbon on it, uh-huh. and you get it for Christmas, and then you take the ornament off and it's supposed to, it says it'll grow up to 30 feet. <laughs>
1: yeah, I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, that's a native tree to California.
0: It is. It says something here native to uh, blah, 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 um,
1: Monterey. Yeah, I think the coldest that it would go to, although Monterey is much warmer than this, is uh, Zone 6A or 6B.
2: Uh-huh.
1: And that's warmer than we are here.
0: Okay, so this may be an indoor plant. If I,
1: if well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But let you have to ask your question right now is: Do you want a thirty-foot tree in your house?
4: <laughs>
0: uh, I, I might have to do a lot of trimming.
1: Yeah. <laughs> now, granted, it's not going to do that in a year's time, but you know, just something to keep in mind. So, so, so if it starts looking bad, keep telling yourself this is an outdoor tree. Okay. And okay. it's not probably not going to perform real well indoors.
3: And I was looking it up. It's a zone eight. Zone eight.
1: (laughs) Okay.
0: And then what zone are we in?
1: Five. Five.
0: Five.
1: Okay. Yeah, if we can do the math here, let's see. We get to twenty below. Zone six is ten below. Zone seven is zero, and zone eight would be ten above zero. It that's as cold as it gets.
0: Okay. It does say out here temperature. Zero to hundred
1: and five. Zone seven Z- to ten. Okay, yeah, that seven. would be zone okay. seven. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, all
0: right. Okay. Well, you see, it feels very, very dry, and uh, um, I don't know if I don't know if it's already dead or what. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna water it. <laughs>
1: it it should it, not it feel dry. Feel,
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> I if it feels dry. I I think I'd put it in the compost pile right now and save yourself the trouble. But if it's dry and you want to see if it's still alive, I would take the whole pot and soak it, soak the pot in in a bucket of water. Let it sit there for about 30 minutes to rehydrate everything that's in that pot.
0: Sure, sure. All right. And
1: then stand back and wait and see if it gets green. (laughs) But if it starts shedding all over the place, then you know, it's probably not going to live. No.
0: Right. Okay. All right. Well, gentlemen. Hey, I appreciate that. Thank you so you much. You bet. And
1: and don't tell your daughter what you did to it. <laughs> Try well, to find I someone else to blame. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dad <laughs> killed she my plant.
0: We <laughs> went to college for trees, ferns, and wildflowers, and anything that grows. And so you know. Anyway. All right. <laughs> All right.
1: Thanks. You <laughs> bet. Right, I just Bye-bye. wondered if in Oklahoma, I guess it depends where in Oklahoma you are. Zone, they may have a Zone 7 there somewhere.
3: I think so. Because, I mean, where I grew up in central Kansas was 6.
1: I'm trying to imagine the map in my head. And and Oklahoma is just due west, isn't it? Yeah, I I think it's due west and a little bit south of Kansas.
3: No, it's straight south of Kansas. Oh, straight south? But it butts up against the bottom of Kansas. Oh,
1: okay. All right. And then below that is Texas. Yeah, that would be zone. They certainly and have that. And that's seen.
3: in the United States. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the northern continent. <laughs> 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 <And> what hemisphere? <laughs> Above the equator, but below, below.
3: It's sort of next to New Mexico there. Okay. You know.
1: Okay. That would make it considerably warmer than here. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
3: Okay. All right. Well, next up is Joe out in Littleton waiting to talk to us about some columbine seed, it looks like. Morning, Joe.
6: Hi. Um, Yes, I understand it's a little challenging to start columbine from seed, and I was just wondering what (coughs) suggestions you could give me.
1: Well, I actually read a research paper on that way back when, and... uh, the conclusion was that you get the best germination if you sow the seed, let's say, in a four-inch pot, cover it very, very lightly, water it in well, and stick the whole thing in the refrigerator for three weeks. Yeah. And then take it out and just put it into into the room, and they okay. should ger- should all germinate, or most of them.
4: Okay. Oh. Okay. So that would
6: be better than putting it
1: outside. You okay, could also put, put it outside, outside now, the same kind of pot, moisten it in yeah. real well. And this time of year, and you can still do this today, just pile tons of snow on top of it.
4: Okay,
1: because you want it to stay cold. And Well, you want it to stay cold, but it, and more importantly, you need, it needs to stay moist.
2: Okay. If it dries
1: out any time in, in the winter, then you know your whole experiment is, is gone.
6: Okay.
1: Yeah, I I see
6: why that's kind of challenging mm-hmm.
1: Okay. And they're sporadic germinators. If you if you sow ten seeds, don't expect ten seeds to come up right away. Oh. You may okay. get three, next week you'll get four and a week after that you'll get two.
6: Okay. All right. And how and you're saying they're sporadic and they come up over a period of yeah. time. Mm-hmm. When when what kind of time
4: period can I figure that it, it didn't work at all? Please?
1: Oh. <laughs> 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 Come spring, when things start warming up during the daytime, when it gets up into, you know, uh, 60, 70 degrees during the day, they should all be germinating.
6: Oh, okay. All right. Well, thank you so much. You're welcome. Bye-bye. You Bye.
3: Go now, my columbine, I just scatter the seed out yeah, of the yard. it works, too. They come up whenever they darn well please. And
1: where they want to please, yeah. Exactly. Uh, Next up uh, is a break. Yeah, (laughs) like that. Just like that. We're going to take a break. It's a short one, so don't anybody go anywhere. And uh, other people can start calling because it's about that time. We're getting towards the end of the show. That's when we want 40 or 50 people to give us a call. 303-477-2473 right here on Legends 810.
7: Many of us in Colorado start our spring gardens indoors during the winter months, but instead of using plastic six packs, choose an eco friendly alternative with botanical interest recycled paper pots. Made from 100% recycled food grade paperboard, these paper pots are super simple to use. Just pop them open. Fill with soil and seed, and when you're ready to transplant out in your garden, tear the perforated bottom away and place directly in the ground. No root disturbance and no transplant stress. The paper pot biodegrades right in the garden bed for a zero-waste solution to seed starting. They also provide a convenient way to share your seedlings with friends and other gardeners. They come in three sizes, and you can find them at garden centers across the country and online at botanicalinterest.com.
8: Call into the Fix-It Show with your questions about your home, Saturday morning at 9.30. Specializing in heating and cooling problems, legendary hosts Deborah and Adam bring decades of experience and award-winning expertise to their live, interactive Fix-It Show, helping your home weather Colorado's unique climate and temperature swings. You have questions. They have answers. Call into the Fix-It Show every Saturday morning from 9.30 to 10.30 on Legends.
9: It's time to fall in love all over again. Valentine's Day is Monday, February 14th. At Lafayette Florist Gift Shop and Garden Center, we deliver romance. Surprise her at work on Friday and impress her coworkers. Or start the weekend off with a special delivery at home for the weekend celebration. We have just the thing to take her breath away. Send beautiful roses and shades of red and pink or a colorful spring mix of garden flowers. It's easy to give a gift of nature. Order online at www.lafayetteflorist.com and see all of our Valentine specials. Call us and speak with one of our floral specialists or stop by. We're open daily. Spread the love. Don't forget a friendly bouquet for Valentine's Day or a special floral hug for your mom and something for him. Choose a masculine floral bouquet or a houseplant for his desk. Guys love flowers too. Lafayette Florist is your one-stop Valentine's Day shop. Add a finishing touch with balloons, plush bears, and gourmet chocolates. We deliver next door and all around the world. Order now to reserve your Valentine's Day flowers. Lafayette Florist Gift Shop and Garden Center, located at 600 South Public Road in the heart of Lafayette. Contact us at 303-665-5555 or www.lafayetteflorist.com and we'll help you express your love. Happiness guaranteed.
8: Call into The Fix-It Show with your questions about your home, Saturday morning at 9.30. Specializing in heating and cooling problems, legendary hosts Deborah and Adam bring decades of experience and award-winning expertise to their live, interactive Fix-It Show, helping your home weather Colorado's unique climate and temperature swings. You have questions, they have answers. Call into The Fix-It Show every Saturday morning from 9.30 to 10.30 on Legends.
1: And we're back, taking your phone calls at the following number, 303-477-2473. I should report that our, let's see, our snow levels uh, right now are about 112% statewide. The South Platte where we are, it's 113%. Is that what I have? I think that's what I wrote. And the highest river basin snow level is in the Gunnison Basin. That's 127%. So the snow levels are going, the the newspaper said the snow levels are going down. They're not going anywhere, people. What they're they're reacting to is by this time, with another week passing, our snow levels should be higher than they were last week. Well, we didn't get that, or they didn't get that snow over the past week. So the averages seem to be going down. Still the same amount of snow this week as was last week. Yeah, We should have more, though, now. That's the point.
3: Well, and we're, we're coming up on March and April, our two snowiest months of the year. Yeah. So hopefully that, that helps, but uh, we shall see. Let's go out and talk to Rick out in Centennial. Good morning, Rick.
10: Good morning. How are you today? Ah, just dandy. How about yourself? I'm dandy also. Um, we have the west side of our house is all brick or excuse me, the south side of our house is all brick, and Uh therefore it gets a lot of sun. And um, back in 2009, I read a post article, a woman talked about planting a giant sack of tune grass.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay.
10: Is that good for this area, especially it's going to get blasted in the summer?
1: As long long as you've got water for it. Yeah, if you give water to it, it'll be just fine. It'll also grow out in the middle of the yard someplace, too.
10: Okay, and they get pretty tall? and They can with the
3: amount, it, it depends a lot on the amount of water they get. The more moisture they get, the bigger they'll get. But they'll get upwards of six feet tall or more.
10: Okay. All and, right.
3: and about the same spread, so make sure you have plenty of room for it to spread out sideways.
10: Yeah, I do have, I do have plenty of spread there, so, okay. But also I was thinking about planting a grouping of um, flame grass in that area is you that know, the it,
3: japanese flame it, grass yeah. the well
10: miss see miscanthus sends oh. purple something
3: oh miscanthus all
10: right yeah miscanthus sinensis
1: purple liniscus sinensis i it, never
10: took latin no that's all right you we yeah. we know what you're talking about
1: <laughs> i'm just trying to think if if that's oh dear again so, yeah uh, that should work
3: miscanthus is uh, is even a a bigger water hog than the giant sacaton grass. Yes. Oh, it is. Yeah. Okay. They don't. They don't like to go dry. Uh, okay. The sacaton c- can take moderate drought conditions once it's established, but miscanthus, no. They've got to have a, a regular moisture supply in that soil all summer long. Okay. But they should be able to take that kind of light intensity.
2: Mm-hmm.
10: Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, that's all I needed to know. All
2: well, right. By the way,
10: I you know I never even heard of this this secatoon, uh grass or secatun. and uh can you can find that at a garden place
1: Yeah most garden centers carry it. it's a, it's a plant select item as i recall Yes it is okay. and it's uh it's native to New Mexico, uh, about the mid part of New Mexico if not okay. not further north than that All Right It's a great grower
3: i used to grow it in my garden in Lakewood and Oh yeah it it would get it would get big <laughs> Yeah, it's I've a got big it.
1: Grower. I have it grow in my front yard, and I, I just don't water it at all, ever, and wow. it and it performs rather well. Yeah. Okay.
10: All right. Well, that's great. Well, I do appreciate your information. Sure thing. All right. Thanks. Use thanks that. for calling. Mm-hmm. All right. <clears> bye.
1: I was going to give them a whole list of marginals that you grow on the south side of your house, where it's warm, relatively warmer throughout the winter that you might succeed in growing things that other people can't. True.
3: That's always a fun place to experiment. Yes. Especially if you have a basement. There's a basement foundation wall there or maybe a crawl space where some of the heat from inside escapes mm-hmm. through the cement wall along that south wall. You can probably get away with growing dahlias and cannas and a few other things. Real close to the To the house.
1: And a bunch of things. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to go cannas, grow... Mm-hmm. Um, desert willow right there oh yeah um we'll see if that succeeds after this winter also have um bird of paradise which is not the tropical one that's another thing called bird of paradise um cesalpinia cesalpinia is, okay. is a latin name again um also have pomegranate growing there oh yeah, yeah. that's right oh, i yeah. forgot about that and you have a you used to have a jasmine still do have still it do? and every now and again it throws off a blossom Ooh, cool <laughs> i don't know if it <laughs> will have ne- a party needs more water or what probably needs more water which i don't give it but too bad guys you're just stingy aren't i not i i am you're curmudgeon that's the other problem with growing against the wall you don't want to get water into your cellar we don't have a cellar there we have crawl space there but still don't want water in there
3: well don't water that deeply
1: <laughs> These plants probably have roots down to China. Oh,
3: okay. Well, good luck with that.
1: Yeah. All right, we've got Betsy on
3: the line from Jared's Garden Center. Good morning, Betsy.
6: Good morning, gentlemen. How are you this morning? We are
1: well. Living the dream.
6: Great. What do you think about this crazy January weather now?
1: <laughs> I don't know. We get, what, one
3: snow hot a cold, week? Hot,
6: cold, hot, cold, cold. <laughs> yeah,
3: isn't that pretty much typical January, February weather? <laughs> yeah.
6: Pretty much, yeah. And and dry snow, our nice champagne powder that just blows off with a, you know.
1: Exactly. Oh, power. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes during these kind of, even during 60-degree days, they'll close I-70 east of us here just because of blowing snow.
2: hmm
6: Yeah. Yeah, you always got to be careful, and with the you know the shortage of the snow plows, you know even the neighborhoods like where I live, which are normally clear by now, there's patches in the shade that you got to watch for.
1: Yeah, we don't know. I, we don't know what our neighborhood doesn't know what a snow plow is.
6: Yeah, yeah. I, I was, just kind of wonder how our parents dealt with you know the get in the track and don't get out of the track that's, that's
1: right <laughs> <laughs> anybody that grows up in snow country knows what you're talking about
6: that's right it's just like well yeah sure this is the way it is <laughs> and most streets We're have it.
1: most streets have three tire tracks yeah
6: <laughs>
1: okay choose what <laughs> choose, choose two you got to choose two and, and hope you true. don't meet a yeah. car coming the other way.
6: Yeah, and you hope he's not driverless because how does he, how's he know where the road is?
1: Well, that's a good point. I don't know how that works. I don't either. I don't <laughs> well, what's I going?
6: want to know.
1: <laughs> what's going on at
3: Jared's today?
6: Um, well, Actually, our weekends are usually the, ha- the house plant aficionado days. Okay. Um, that's, that's, that's still a really big trend for pretty much all the garden centers. And, you know, we're pretty, we've got some nice plants, like, good pots to put them in. Um, you know, we're starting our classes next month. Okay. Um, with the first one being about seed starting. Um, you know, the things that need to be started now, like, you've got to really think about your peppers right now, since they're kind of slow to germinate. Mm-hmm. And uh, pansies and geraniums, if people are interested in that. So we'll be doing a class on how to how to get, um, you know, some of those things started and also thinking about how you're going to set up your lights and your heat pads and your um, tables so that, you know, you can slowly, progressively keep adding to your plant collection heading into spring.
3: Well, that's always important to be able to add to your plant collection without having to build another room. (laughs) Exactly.
6: (laughs) <laughs> or, or you plan on that when you when you buy your next house, right? That's Right. Yeah. <laughs> I need a four bedroom, one for the plants.
2: <laughs> Can
3: I pop the top?
6: <laughs> that's <laughs> that's true. Yeah, and so you know, all of our garden seed has finally shown up, and it's all racked up. So there's uh So there's lots of dreaming going on with um you know, with our attendees to the store.
2: So. Oh yeah. Yeah.
6: Yeah. So you know that's kind of what's going on. We're kind of think in spring already and we haven't even gotten our precious snow yet but you know hopefully somebody higher up than any of us you know will will take care of us i hope
3: oh it usually happens
6: yeah yeah and hopefully it doesn't become seven inches of rain in april again where you can't get out in the garden oh but, yeah you know we've had you know quite a number of people you know buying bulk soils because they've been building their raise beds outside on our warmer, nice fall days and
2: uh-huh.
6: know that these these mixes that are either in bags or in bulk, you've got to water them really well to get those um, salt buildups out of there. Like Gene Reeder was finding out up at CSU is all the salts that are in our, our prep soils that aren't regulated. So at least hopefully the snow will wash that through so that things will grow without us using timber
3: water to take care of it well i um i i bought some bulk planter box mix this last year and the, the the thing i had the the biggest problem with it was that it just didn't want to get wet
2: yeah
3: i mean i had to get in there with with a hose and a shovel and i, I almost got in there with my hands mixing it like bread dough you know uh, just trying yeah. to get the water into the soil. Once it took the water, then it was fine after that, but it was just yeah. so dry when I got it.
6: Well, you know, and I think that just goes back to how dry, you know, living in a hot desert is, is that, you know, it's almost a little bit peat moss, and, you know, that is, you know, dry-packed, and how long it takes to get that wet up, mm-hmm. that's why bulk mixes, I think, are like that, too. Yeah. Because it's just torn dry here. <laughs>
3: Exactly, and 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 people will if they don't know this about soils, mm-hmm. and they water the top and it looks nice and moist. Take your trowel or even take your finger and scrape away the top quarter inch, <laughs> and it'll be back to bone dry again. Oh,
9: so yeah, yeah. Y-
3: you need to know this ahead of time so that you're prepared when you're putting that soil in to get the water into it.
6: Yeah, and and you know and it you know we, we have been at this for years. You even longer because you've pretty much lived in a in the West your whole life, Mm -hmm. whereas Jim and I, you know, we grew up where you throw it in the ground and, you know, it just grows because the rain comes, you know, you don't have to worry, but, no, learning curve,
2: I've been there, (laughs) I've been here
6: 25 years now, so.
3: (coughs) Well, tell us where, uh, tell everybody where Jared's is located. Oh,
6: yeah, I'm sorry, I shouldn't go on and on, blah, 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 we are at 10500 West Bowles Avenue, which is between Kipling and Sims in the southwest metro area.
3: All right. And uh, it's the big red barn. Plenty of car parking is in the back.
6: Yes. The front is full of fountains and bird bats.
3: There you go. No right. access.
6: Thanks, guys.
3: <laughs> Thanks for calling, Betsy. Uh
6: huh. Take care. Bye.
3: Okay. Bye bye. Well, we need to take a quick break and we'll come back to talk to Joe out in Lafayette about gardenias. I want to talk about that
1: too with Joe right here on Legends 810.
7: Plants in general are good for the soul, and many studies show people are healthier and happier when surrounded by plants. You will find a nice selection of houseplants and some great pots to add interest to your decor at Jared's Nursery and Garden Center. Houseplants not only add beauty to your living space, they make it healthier by removing toxins and pollutants from the air in your home. Spider plants, philodendron, dracaena, and peace lilies are just some of the common plants that can be great air purifiers. If you're having trouble with existing plants, the staff at Jared's can help you determine the problem and recommend a solution. Maybe the only good thing about COVID is that it resulted in many new gardeners. Jared's has a great selection of seeds, including heirloom and many unusual varieties of flowers and vegetables, tomatoes, peppers, sunflowers, zinnias, and others. Check out their website, jaredsgarden.com, for classes beginning February 5th to help as you plan for spring. Jared's Nursery and Garden Center is located on West Bulls Avenue between Kipling and Sims. Winter hours are nine to five, seven days a week. They thank you for your support in 2021 and look forward to serving you in 2022. Advertise your product or service with the Garden Wise Guys, the most listened to radio gardening show in Colorado since 1994. Radio talk show hosts Keith Funk and Jim Borland are dedicated to supporting and promoting independent businesses and the products and services you sell. The reason for their success is they help their advertisers. This is a destination show every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m., simulcasting on both a.m. and f.m. People are gardening in larger numbers than ever, and radio advertising is timely, adaptable, targeted, and affordable. Listeners can catch the show at home, in the car, at work, and at play. On the radio, computer, or mobile device, the radio is there. Today's competitive marketplace demands an active medium, and that's radio, capable of stirring emotion, creating demand, and selling your product or service contact the garden wise guys now email the guys at gmail.com the guys at gmail.com
1: and we're back taking your phone calls and while Keith is working away on his <clears throat> on his hand computer there an item that does involve plants but it involves destroying plants uh oh yes. During the winter time, the uh, Colorado State Forest Service, uh, along with other people who help, they burn piles of ponderosas that have been stacked Mm -hmm. from their thinning process. Okay. And right now, they're burning up in in the James Creek and St. Vrain area. That's north and west of us here. Uh, One place has 500 piles to be burned. And they usually do it all in one day. Hmm. Other areas have 5,000 piles to burn. How do they do that carefully? Lots of people. And go ground and light torch, each one of them. Mm-hmm. Now, mm. they do this under certain conditions. Uh, today would be a great day because there's not a, whole lot of, not a whole lot of air moving. And there's snow on the ground. Mm-hmm. So this, the the fire can't spread, of course, through snow. And another area has 8 thousand piles to burn. Goodness. Isn't that where biochar comes from when they burn that stuff? Uh, biochar, I think, comes from uh, anaerobic kind of burning. Oh. Couldn't like Coke and a bunch of other things. Hmm. Uh, charcoal. Okay, yeah. Yeah, Anaerobic. Otherwise, it just burn-ups, but you burn it under low oxygen, and it turns into charcoal. Okay. Dark stuff.
3: Well, let's get back out to the phones. The telephone number here is 303 Four seven seven two four seven three, and let's say hello to Joe out in Lafayette. Good morning, Joe.
11: Morning. How are you?
3: Excellent. What's going on with you today?
11: Well, I heard you mentioning gardenias before, and I have a gardenia under a grow light in the basement. The plant is beautiful, healthy, glossy leaves. It sets a lot of buds, but they dry up and fall off, and never bloom on out.
2: Uh huh. And
11: I water it every couple of days. I'm trying not to water as much as I used to to prevent the fungus uh, flies that you mentioned one time. And so I water every couple of days, and I mist it. And so is there anything I can do to get it to go ahead and bloom out all these buds?
3: Well, in my experience, that's a humidity issue. And, and so you need to raise the humidity. Misting is not going to do it. Yeah, you need to either put a pebble tray, a large pebble tray below it, or maybe a little small room humidifier that runs for six or eight hours a day. Um, but it's the humidity, our lack of humidity, actually, that is causing those buds to dry up and fall off.
2: Yeah,
11: so humidity is the only issue. If the rest of the plant looks good, uh, the blooming part is humidity. Yeah, what you, how,
1: are, how are, you, uh, are, are you fertilizing it?
11: Uh, I actually haven't since I brought him.
1: Okay, I think That's you maybe well. want to start doing that and use an acid fertilizer. Yeah,
11: and yeah, you can I'm get sure that in know any. Know that about?
1: Yeah, uh, 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 any garden store will have it, but just read the label and it'll say this is an acid fertilizer.
11: Okay, okay. And now I have uh, geraniums down there also. They bloom like crazy. They bloom better under the grow light yes. than they ever do outside. <laughs> yes. I mean, loaded with <clears throat> blossoms and just. Uh, so everything else seems to do really well under the grow light, but um, so if I put on a nice big pebble tray and and uh, have it setting above that, but lots of water, that yes. ought to put a, put enough humidity.
1: It'll help.
3: It'll help. That's okay. for sure.
11: And it, as long as it doesn't look wilted or anything, I'm watering enough right from the top.
3: Yeah, they should. It should never be allowed to wilt. Uh, Gardenia is yeah. like a constant supply of moisture to roots, so it, it's really awfully hard unless you stand it in a bucket of water. It's really hard to overwater them.
11: Yeah, okay. Okay, well I'll try a good pebble tray then. Thank okay. you.
3: You're welcome. You're welcome. Thanks for calling. You bet. So hopefully I don't have that problem with my gardenia. But it's pretty humid downstairs because of the orchid room. Yeah. The humidity leaks out of there into the rest of the basement. and
1: You can, you can
3: smell it. You can smell the humidity. Smell humidity. humidity. Yes,
1: <laughs> when you go downstairs. <clears throat> and what you're actually smelling is probably molds and fungi and stuff.
3: Well, there is a little bit of algae on the walls in, yeah. the, in the orchid room, but I haven't found any problems in the rest of the basement.
1: On the floor? Get any problem with algae on the floor? Nope. Good idea.
3: And I do get the floor wet on occasion, but yes. cement dries pretty quickly when you get water on it. Yeah. So it doesn't really get... It, it is a
1: problem in greenhouses, and algae on the floor contributes to a bunch of other problems. And in the past, it used to be really difficult to get rid of. You had to use products that you couldn't have any plants in there while you were using it. Yeah, now they have CONSAN. Yeah, now they have stuff that you can use and leave the plants in there, and it mm-hmm. gets rid of the algae.
3: And it doesn't smell. Yep. And it gets rid of the algae on the walls. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. And my orch- well see the orchid room I have to keep the temp- the, the humidity up around 70 75 percent. Yeah. And one of the ways I keep any mold and, and that sort of thing down is I've got two big like foot and a half, foot and a half wide Fan. box fans. Yeah. That run
1: twenty four seven. Twenty
3: four seven, yeah. And keep the air just constantly churned up. So whenever I water in there surfaces dry out, dry off very quickly. Yeah.
1: And, Wouldn't and be a bad idea for anybody with a plant room is to have a fan. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And have it. I have an oscillating fan on in our on our back porch, mm-hmm. uh, and it keeps the air stirred up. And I've noticed that plants really do grow better. They do with that air moving.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You have fewer
3: pest problems yeah. with moving air, and uh, but it, they need to run twenty four seven. And and like an overhead uh, ceiling, uh, fan, yeah, a ceiling will fan will work too. Yeah, ceiling fan would work too. Yeah. Sure. Just have it on low and constantly running. Yep. And that'll work great. All right, we've got Pat waiting to talk to us. Good morning, Pat. Thanks for calling Hi. the Garden Wise guys.
4: Hi. Um, hey, I brought in some sweet potato vines and I did about four different cuttings. And uh, of course, they're transition to the from the outside to the inside even in a south window was just not real happy right and uh so then i lost a whole lot of it and i kept cutting them back what is your best way to bring those in without so much of a problem
3: the way i've done it in the past is i just i dig up the tuber from outside it produces kind of a sweet potato looking tuber and I cut all the growth off of that. I bring it inside and pot that up and let it start growing from scratch.
4: Okay, I thought that sounds right. That sounds reasonable.
1: But keep in mind, whatever foliage it and vines it puts on inside, once you put them outside, they'll probably start suffering again.
4: Right.
1: It's just now, that, that difference, between, the difference between light levels inside and outside is, is remarkable.
4: Yeah, especially for those. Mm-hmm. Um, does that not... End up bringing in gnats galore.
1: Count on it. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Although you can get rid of a lot of those, like he said, if you cut everything off and just bring the tuber in, and if you want, you can wash off the tuber too. Absolutely. Yeah. And put I it sure into would. yeah, put it into fresh soil.
4: Boy, those gnats! And I finally got them under control this year. I have, I have probably twice the yellow stickies that i even have plants from doing it but i um, at least i'm under control because last year they would jump out and run across the table <laughs> mm-hmm. they would go in the air i mean yes. i had them buzzing in my face upstairs <laughs> so yeah defy. yeah so at least they're under control and that's that's the better thing of that now one of the things too i wanted to ask you about is um Last year, well, for a couple, two, three years, I planted salvia. And my stuff is so close together that I will get fungus every single time. And so I pulled those out. They just won't work here. Um, What nice purple or blue flower plant that would be maybe a foot and a half high would you suggest?
1: Well, one of the things that comes to mind to me is veronica. Okay. There's some really nice blues in veronica. Mm -hmm.
4: Is that a perennial?
1: Yes. Yes.
4: Oh, it is. And and
1: it comes in white and various shades of blue and probably some purples out there, too.
4: Do You probably have to go to the garden stores to get that.
3: I believe you can start it from seed, but some of the very best new varieties are all propagated vegetatively. So, yeah, you probably need to get those from the garden store.
4: Okay, I'll have to try that. I I was just not being able. I wasn't able actually with as much as I plant to unless they're in the wide open. I believe you're going to get one heck of a fungus situation going on.
1: Yeah, some plants are more susceptible to that than others, and I think you're right. the The salv The salvias. Did you say you're growing? Yes. Um, do you know which one? Is it the bedding plant salvia?
4: I think it was um, May night.
1: Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. That's the perennial. Yeah. That,
3: that is, you know, it was a perennial plant of the year years ago. And since then, much, much better ones have come out. So you might try um, one called Caradonna.
1: Yeah, that one has reddish purple stems as well as good flowers. Okay. It just adds an extra element to the plant.
4: Where do you think that won't get fungus on
1: it? Don't know.
3: I, oh, it won't? I've not seen it be a problem. Um, it's used an awful lot in, in like, um, medians in the road in parks and commercial plantings and that sort of thing. So it's a pretty tough plant.
4: So is it pretty easy to find it, like Ectors or something? Oh, yeah. oh yeah.
3: yeah. Yeah,
1: it's available everywhere. A salvia caridona
3: is the variety. And
1: if you're trying to grow it indoors over the winter, again, I get back to what we just mentioned about fans. Mm-hmm. Is to get a circulating fan. Oscillating, I guess, and have it move, have it turned on uh, all day long. Yes. It's moving across the plants.
4: Is that spelled C A R A D O N A?
1: C A R A D O N N A. Yeah. yeah. Oh,
4: N N A. Well, I guess I'll look at that. I really love the color of that salvia, but I had so much trouble with that.
3: There's also some nice dwarf varieties of. Um, and don't laugh at me, Russian sage.
4: Oh yeah, I've got plenty of that. I learned to control that one. Yeah, there's a like uh,
3: blue jean baby is probably one of my favorites. It's a really nice short one.
4: Oh, huh? Yeah, I've got a probably a three by two maybe patch of it. Okay. That's beautiful stuff. How how often do you water that?
3: Well, I I tend to grow it on the dry side. Yeah. Otherwise, it gets too tall and floppy.
4: <clears throat> yeah, because I wasn't hardly watering it at all, and I'm not sure that's really a good idea. Either. Well,
1: did it look good when you, when you watered it uh, as little as you did?
4: Um, I can't even remember. That's the yeah. little attention I paid to it.
1: It will respond to water. The more it gets, the I find it, the taller it gets. Okay. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean it's better.
3: Yeah, when they, when they get tall, they flop over. Yeah.
1: Kind of like that May Night would do. And the flowers are not the number of flowers are not as compact as they are on a, a shorter bush. Mhm.
2: Okay.
1: Uh, th- again, that's not bad. It's just different.
3: And then there's always um there's always Nepeta, uh catmint. And mm-hmm. there's some nice ones out. The, the Old Walker's Low, I think is going to go by the wayside. I oh, mean, yeah. that that thing is a pain. Um There's a new one out called Cat's Pajamas that I think is really sharp with big flowers. I mean, it it does produce a... And it's a dwarf. It gets a foot, foot and a half tall. Okay. And then there's one called uh, Little Trudy.
4: And those don't uh, tend to get... um, A
1: floppy? No. Not as as much. No. But do expect to have cats that come into your garden. No. Oh, yeah. It's... (laughs) I know it's it's cat mint, not catnip, but guess what? Cats like it too. Really? Yes. My wife has one in uh, her herb garden, and cats will go in there and just lay on top of it. Oh, <laughs> I've not seen that. <laughs> okay.
4: Yeah. yeah, I I bought plants before that flopped over, and uh, I don't like that.
3: No, nah, yeah, Walker's low. The, the name is misleading. It, it has nothing to do with the size or the height of the plant w- being low it 's where it was discovered was a a low area called walkers low and and then they named it that for some stupid reason but' it 's a tall plant, it gets floppy, it needs to be sheared back on a regular basis. So go with the more dwarf the newer dwarfer varieties.
4: Well, the Caradona how, how um, wide would it spread it 's fairly
1: upright. Yeah, it's it's not a broad spreader. I think it's very much like May night. I think it's a little tighter.
3: Yeah, definitely.
1: Doesn't spread quite as far. It seems to be a little stiffer, too.
3: It's very, yeah, it's very stiff and upright. Doesn't need to be staked. Uh, It's a different species than May night. Yeah. Okay.
4: So you wouldn't suspect you'd probably get fungus on that
3: one? I would not. No, I don't, I, no. Not unless it's grown in a lot of shade and way wet.
4: Oh yeah, no, this would be a real definite sun, heavy sun, but it's just kind of, and it's not severely restricted from the air, but man, I had, uh, I just could not get rid of that fungus in that May night.
3: Oh, I can't stand May night. It's it's a mess. I, I don't know why it ever won when it what it won, but uh, it, it's just not a good salvia at all.
4: So it would probably uh, bloom all summer long, do you think?
3: The caradona, yeah, if you deadhead it, it'll yeah. continue to bloom.
4: Okay. Let me try that one then. That, that purple is wonderful. I love that. Okay. okay. All right. Thank you so much. Well,
3: you thank bet. you for your call, Pat.
4: <clears throat> Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
1: Yeah, and comparing that with the Veronica, it seems like the veronicas perform better with a little more water than, than the mm-hmm. Salvius.
3: Yeah. But so, both of them require regular deadheading yeah. to keep the flowers That's coming. true.
1: That's true. And sometimes you don't do that because the the dried flowers on the salvia, they don't look all that bad. No, uh. Uh-uh. So you have to make a decision: do you like that, or do you want brand new flowers? In which case, you have to go ahead and cut all the stems back.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I, get, I guess the other possibility would be maybe one of the um, one of the new lavenders, like uh, Phenomenal. There's a really nice one Oh, yeah. Phenomenal. Oh, oh
1: it's quite a large lavender. T- tons of them coming out. Yeah. All right. That and music indicates we're done for the week. So I want to thank everybody for listening and participating in the show. Remember, as always, keep your shovel sharp. Be careful where you dibble. And if you want to listen to the show again, they, they broadcast it all over again. With everything that we said today, tomorrow evening, 6 to 8 o'clock, all of that occurs right here on Legends 810.